Welcome to the Life Atelier podcast. I'm your host, Emma Lavelle, and I'm going to try and record this. <laughs> Rita has just let out a big, oh. um, I'm going to try and record this because we have in my village fiestas. And fiestas are a kind of, I feel like almost Roman levels. That's a bit of an exaggeration. We don't have like gladiator fighting, but they do have bullfighting, which is pretty uh, unpleasant. Um, and basically the entire village turns into, yeah, I would say like kind of Roman level theatrics. There's bands, music playing, any kind of concept of social norms is hurled out of the window. So you have eight-year-olds drinking at eight o'clock in the morning, having been up all night, and it's just, like, it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> it's not my cup of tea, I, especially when it's 40 degrees. So it's not Rita's cup of tea either. We've had our routine very disrupted, but we're trying to, um, well, I'm trying to adapt so that Rita can adapt, but uh, I am fantasizing about sleeping in a cold dark room in North Wales and waking up with the sunrise and birds singing instead of pow, 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 which is what's currently waking us up. Anywho, um, I wanted to record this before I get interrupted by some kind of barking or big noise because we are doing a workshop tomorrow, tingly exciting stretchy goals. I'm very excited about this because one of the things that I coach people on is simplifying and, and really removing any distraction so that you can give your brain a job. And I always describe it as like, you know, when you've got a, a dog that's good at smelling things like a scent hound or a bloodhound, I don't know what you would call that, that kind of dog as I have a, a staffy. Um, but you give them a scent, you say, this is the one, and then they go. And I realized that my ability to achieve goals has got much more streamlined. It's got much more honed as a skill. Like it's something that I am now confident in. I know that I, when I decide I'm doing something, I will bloody well do it. And it doesn't matter how many different ways I want to try to do it. Doesn't matter how many failures. I know that I'm gonna do it and I have that flexibility. Now, six months ago, I didn't have that knowledge. I had the capacity, but I didn't have the knowledge. And so when I was looking at kind of material to prepare for this workshop, to help people to set goals that are really stretchy and exciting, and also how to achieve them, and I was brainstorming, and one of the things was about simplifying, I realized, oh, wow, <laughs> I can simplify my coaching even more. What do I do as a coach? I help people achieve goals, big goals, without hustle. That's it. So when we're setting these goals, the language is really, really important. Um, so yes, obviously, you are invited. The link to sign up, it will be in the show notes. And it's Sunday, August 13th, which right now is tomorrow. If you're listening to this in the afternoon or on Monday, there will be a replay available for 48 hours. So you can grab that. But what I wanted to talk about was this idea of setting very, very big goals. And I 
was watching literally just now this YouTube documentary that I will put the link for you. I'm just having a look to see what the title of it was. Here we go. So it's man spends 30 years turning degraded land into massive forest and it's called Fools and Dreamers. And I started to watch this because I thought, well, this will be interesting. I love rewilding projects. I love to apply concepts from environmentalism, concepts from nature to how I coach and how we coach ourselves because we are part of nature. We forget that. But there was something when I started watching it. He's this incredible man in New Zealand and he's reading a newspaper clipping. I'm going to cry because it made me so emotional. <laughs> I'll try not to. He's reading this newspaper clipping from when he started out, and I think it's from like eight, the 80s, or it must be the 80s because it's 30 years ago. And he has written this article of what he hopes to do. So he's got this degraded land, it's dead, it's not working, and he wants to create this stretch, expanse of land. I think he says from the top of a mountain peak to the coast where nature can regenerate. And he wants to create the conditions for nature to heal. So if you think about what I've spoken about with you before, about how we actually do achieve goals, and it's we focus on what's already working, and then we look at how can we create the conditions for more of it. What he's doing is exactly that. He's saying, okay, nature is doing her damned hardest to regenerate, to create biodiversity, but right now, humanity has been working against her and putting chemicals down and chopping trees down and hunting all of the animals and destroying things. What I'm going to do, I'm not going to try and fix her, is I'm going to try and create the conditions that so that she can do her thing and nature can do her thing. And he had written this goal and it really reminded me of what Isabella Tree talks about in Wilding when they started the NEP rewilding project, which is having this vision not knowing how they would do it, if it would work, but having this vision and then the backlash from people because people are used to a certain way of doing things. So I was the same, you may have the same perspective where we think of the countryside as these nice, neat little fields with little, you know, pegged fences between them. And we think of that as good, healthy countryside, but it's not that's actually destroying our soil and it's destroying biodiversity, which is actually destroying the environment that we live in. It's destroying our home. So we have to allow ourselves that space just as if you're setting enormous goals for yourself. Let's say you have this identity as somebody who gives up or somebody who fails, and that's the identity that you're holding in your head. And what we're doing is we're saying, okay, let's investigate that, break it and look again. Okay, and how do we build that belief of, okay, actually, biodiversity does look messy, but actually that can also be beautiful. And in fact, it becomes more and more beautiful as you start to see the life and you start to see what's going on in there. And in the same way, as you're becoming someone who changes how they approach things, who starts to become someone who actually is disciplined, because you always were, it's just you weren't focused on that part of yourself, because you were telling yourself the story that you were undisciplined, or you didn't achieve goals, or you know, whatever it is. So when they both started to do this, they got responses from people who were furious about what they were doing. And the lovely gentleman, who looks a bit like Father Christmas, 
he read one of the responses and it was from a farmer in the nearby valley and he said something like you know dear god what the world doesn't need is more hopers hopes hopers and dreamers is that what he said hopers and dreamers i think fools fools and dreamers that's it and and the guy said well i take that as a compliment you know i think the world needs more fools and dreamers and I unexpectedly felt myself burst into tears because it just touched me so much because we are fed a narrative that to dream and to have ideas of doing things differently is unrealistic and it's, you know, it's it's like you're a foolish optimist as though that's a bad thing when everything good that has been created Everything that has now become our new normal, in the book Utopia for Realists, he talks about how the way that we're living now was considered an impossible utopia a couple of hundred years ago, even a hundred years ago, you know, and we need people to be fools and dreamers, and we need people to have this vision and this playfulness and this bravery to try and make these things come to life. So... I wanted to just share that with you and to say if you have, okay, it's a half hour long documentary, but you could, you know, you could just watch the first five, ten minutes if you don't have much space today. Um, But just to invite you to watch it and to ask yourself, which dreams are you currently not picking up? Which are you ignoring because you think that they're not realistic or you think that you can't achieve them or you think that people will think you're selfish for trying to create them. And then just let yourself have a think about what would the difference be to the world, to your community, to yourself, if you did try to create them. Okay. And if you want help on working through that process which you should take help, we should take help, <laughs> then sign up for the workshop tomorrow. But even if you don't, do do watch this documentary because it will be interesting to see how you respond to it. It's almost like it can give you a measure of where are you on the strategic optimism scale? How much are you letting yourself dream at the moment? What's your relationship to this idea and to yourself? And that will give you some interesting things to think about. So I will see you here in your earbud (laughs) very soon and hopefully on the workshop tomorrow morning.